By now, listener, I think you know the field where I woke. Green grass and blue sky, so far as I could see in all directions, and amidst it all the small house of cloth and books. I went to the house, not to enter this time, but merely to peek within. I was sure now that I was in the midst of a fever, and the thought of entertaining three-eyed crows in dusty shelves did not entice me. Who knows what nightmares my mind would conjure in this fever dream. I looked within and found it still the same. The book's lies, I remember them, the cloth was still fluttering in the breeze, but I did not go any further. I didn't care if there was a crow within. I certainly didn't want to find out if the books had changed their text. I turned aside and faced the greater plain around me. In all directions, it was only green grass and blue sky. I could see nothing to offer me a path, but in the end, I figured it is a dream, so maybe I could simply walk and the dream will change after a time. And seeing as there was no better way to go, I decided on the direction opposite the door. I lowered my head and pressed on into the blue. Hours passed. Hours of walking without end. The sky never changed. In fact, as I lingered and watched, going on, feeling at my hands the blades of grass, I don't think I saw the clouds move even once. It is like I'm walking into a painted picture. I always turn about to find the scene as I left it, the house barely distant. I cannot discern if I have gone even a mile, or if my dream has allowed me to gain any ground at all. Yet, there was little point in returning, so I went on. I bowed my head, and closed my eyes, and set my feet in the direction I had chosen. Perhaps when I opened them again, I would see something new. Alas, for that reason, I did not see what suddenly opened before me. I was walking along, green grass at the feet and a warm sun on my back, and suddenly I felt a sensation of falling. By the time I opened my eyes to see what had come of me, there was only dark as far as I could see. I woke once more in my bedroom. I growled in frustration. Whatever strange virus had me in its grips, I wished so dearly it would free me. At the very least, it could kill me, rather than this hell of repeated dreaming. I resigned myself to another dark imagination. I went to the window, and once more was shocked to find my frail hands. Had they not been healthy in the green fields? I cannot quite recall. I feel as if they were, but when I think back to that place, I see only the static sky and the house with the books within. Perhaps when I wake, I will seek a priest rather than the apothecary. Certainly whatever is troubling me is not only an illness of the body. My mind is troubled by something much, much deeper. I threw up the window, and it should be said with some frustration, the noise in the common room halted briefly at the clash of wood, but quickly resumed as I fumbled my way out. The city of Marhau was exactly as it had been in the last, gray stone and red sky, lifeless and cold. 
The southern way had been the end of my last excursion, and only the long cliff waits beyond the railing, so I decided to try once more the northern hill. Perhaps that pit at the top had a way around it. I did not linger and look, so distraught was I at the strange man. Maybe I had missed something. Who knows? Perhaps the pit will not even be there this time. Who is to say what comes of a dream? Of course, listener, I am sure you can guess that I found at the top of the road the same pit, and beside it, with a bowed head and wide-brimmed hat, the man who had spooked me on the last trip. Back again, yeah? The man said, raising his hat only far enough to see his terrible chin. Who are you? I asked with no small amount of irritation. I was quite finished with this nonsense of dreams. Me? Ah, I'm nobody important. You're the one here for work. I'm just an observer. Fly on the wall. I don't think I believe you, I replied. You seem to know more about what is going on here than I do. When will I wake up? Wake up, the man said quizzically. Ah, I see now. Sorry, lad. Thought you understood. Waking up is for those who sleep. You're not quite there. I... What? What do you mean? I asked. The man lifted his head, revealing once more the horrible pocked cheeks and the blank white of his eyes. An even tone took him, and he recited, A tepid life was made, shadowed souls without fierce need, with every whim set strange winds upon them, and in the end, they too sought to dream, to be free of their uncertainty. A chill swept up my bones. I know those words, I said. I read them in a book, in a dream. Ah, yes, that one was a dream. You're inching closer. He shocked me then by standing, and I make no exaggeration, listener, when I say there came from him a sound like the breaking of bones or the unwrapping of brittle cloth. He reached out with a withered, gnarled hand, and from his palm revealed a pendant of strange shape. Three eyes set upon a white diamond, encircled by a cloud of silver. This he gave to me, and he said, Take this here. You'll be sleeping again soon. Let that old maid see it. She'll send you on where you need to be. What? I don't understand, I said. I held the pendant in my hand. It was cold, like the world about me, but there was an odd realness to it that the stone beneath my feet did not share. We'll talk again, the man told me. Then he held out his hand in embrace. I took it, hesitantly, it should be noted, and shook lightly, lest I injure him. But I was surprised, for I found there was some vigor in his grip. I am confused, I said. I don't understand what is going on. None of them ever do, the man said in response. He smiled, a horrible, toothless thing. Call me Neater. You'll see me again when you reach the first one. No time left here, though. Too much wasted on the last. A proper greeting waits at the cord. For now, 
Off you go. Without another word, he reached out and with both hands shoved me. At that moment, there was a sound from all around, a trembling gasp that reminded me ever after of a sick man breathing his last. From the great pit at the hilltop, a cloud came forth, black and viscous, as rotted as the stones of Marhau Keep, and it lifted over me and Nieder. Even as I fell, I looked back and saw Nieder tip his hat towards me, a strange, content smile on his face. Then darkness consumed me once more. If you guess, listeners, that I woke thereafter in the green field, then congratulate yourself, for surely I did. Once more, I opened my eyes to blue sky and the cloth house. This time, however, I entered the dream not alone, for in my hand remained the pendant, still cold to touch. I looked at it. It felt strange. The warmth of the sun about me still lingered, falling down from the ceaseless sky, but it did not seem to touch the pendant. That pendant was cold, continuous, like like the grave, and it did not relent. I stood and looked about. For a brief moment I contemplated going forth and seeing if this time I could catch what happened to me that caused me to tumble. But first I decided I would look within. Perhaps, just perhaps, there was a change to the dream that would allow me to finally be free of all this. Maybe one of these silly books would have an answer, or perhaps that crow would talk to me and show me a way out so that I could finally wake to the normal world. I pocketed the pendant and brought it with me as I went inside. I had no clue who the maid was that I would show it to, but... Perhaps the crow would know. It is as good an answer as any in a dream. I went swiftly to the inner room, ignoring the bookshelves and the scattered pieces on the floor. Within I saw once more the table and candle and the chair before it, but there was no crow here. The shelves were empty. There was only the chair, the table, and the singular tome upon it. I frowned. This dream was confounding me. Everywhere I turned, it seemed only to stonewall my attempts to get out. I only wanted to be done with it. My next thought was to leave and see if perhaps I could find a way through the fields this time. I had fallen before, so perhaps with open eyes I would find the path and leap across or skirt around it. I I don't know. I've run out of answers. But as I stepped to the dividing curtain, my eye caught again upon the book on the table. There was a change to it. Gone were the three paragraphs I had seen before, replaced now with only one verse. It read thus. Between all waking worlds, the dreamers sought to roam, but found themselves lost in places not their own. So they sought to wake, and their fervor grew until at last it burst and became something dark. I will not pretend I can make anything new of these words either. They're nothing to me. However, at their end I looked up and I beheld atop the bookshelves once more the three-eyed crow. It stared down with a tireless gaze. I waited for her to speak as she had before, but 
The time passed for moments, then minutes, until I realized, finally, this was not how it would be. Do you know who I am to show the pendant to? I asked the crow, feeling both foolish and hopeful at the same time. There was no answer, only the staggered blinks of three lids, unnerving as it was. The foolish part of me won out then and I shook my head. Surely I was giving too much thought to this dream. There was no house, there was no strange man beside an empty pit. I was no doubt stuck on a bed somewhere, caught in a fever, tossing and turning in a nightmare that would not end. I tossed the pendant on the table, heard it fall, but not seeing it, as I turned to leave once more. Cast aside your mark at the peril of one's own soul, a voice called out. I turned, expecting to find my three-eyed speaker, but stepped back in shock, for the crow had gone. In its place atop the bookshelf sat now a woman, garbed in black robes which fell beyond her feet. Her face sat hidden beneath a dark cowl, and a veil of black lace was on her lips. Three feathers hung about her neck on a clasp of bone. "'Who are you?' I demanded. The woman tilted her head, but did not answer. She only pointed down at the pendant I had cast aside, which sat now in the middle of the book. I took it back, then demanded once more, "'Who are you?' With the pendant now in my hand, the woman lowered her own. Names change where waters end. I am here but a guide. Fine, then I will call you such, I growled. Why can't I wake up? This is obviously my dream, so release me to wake and see what illness besets me. An illness besets indeed, wanderer, but not that which you speak of, guide answered. Whither hands or feet may tread, all roads come here in time, that I may see them on. I, I don't know what that means, I sighed. My frustration was falling to a resigned distaste. Maybe I would never wake from this dream. Could it be called a dream then? Would even nightmare be the right term? It didn't matter. I, I was beginning to fear I would always remain doomed to repeat whatever cursed cycle this imagination demanded. You know not, for you only stir, but these are the first mumbles of rising, Guide said to me. I sighed once more and fell into the chair before the table, dropping my head into my hands. Fine, I said. If you will not answer me, at least cast me a better dream than what I see here now. Oh, dreamer, you do not understand. Guide said. Dreams arrive by thoughtless ways, but the dreamer calls them not. You have seen the inner place, but outside the truth is found, beyond the wilderness and worry. To wake at last, the sleeper must be roused. I don't understand, I said. There was no response. I looked up. My guide was gone. The bookshelves were empty. Excellent, I said. Increasingly angry, and seeing no other option, I rose once more to leave. I turned back and swept aside the curtain, but stopped. The hallway had changed. Gone were the bookshelves and the books cast across the floor. Hidden was the blue sky and bright sun, which I saw even now behind me in the room, falling down into the inner square. 
Now the hallway was dark. Not entirely. I saw in shades of deep gray forms and things here and there, a rail by the side of a stoop, a step before a door, but now I swore, impossibly so, that I looked upon a narrow streetway, perhaps an alley in a city. The sky above was black with night, cold clouds shifting over starless seas and down beneath walls of stone and iron. I thought at once that I beheld Marhau, though in a midnight before a storm, but as I looked, I could not convince myself this was my city. The stone was gray, the color of an ashen earth, the iron was rusted as if with age or neglect, and it took no pattern that I recognized. My city was a place of edges and looming figures, old-world architecture that came from sinful sermons and raging proselytes, this stone was of a different kind. This was power and earth, white brick which brooked no intrusion. I had seen similar architecture, not with my own eyes, of course, in books. Marhau was not the only city of men in the world. In Far Curum, they built castles with mighty walls, places for kings and queens and those who serve them. I'm not sure how my dreams will conjure this place. I know from pictures the various means and make of that far city, but to pull it into my own world seemed well beyond my imagination. I had never left Marhau, save once to go beyond the fields when I was young. How could I be here looking out? I looked back one last lingering time. Guide was gone. The room, the inner room, seemed darker now. I could still see the sun shining down from beyond the square, and I could see the clouds there, but there was a dimness to them, as if a curtain had been pulled across the entire world, and it was only growing darker. A sound reached my ear, coming not from the alleyway behind me, but from somewhere beyond the open sky. A sound like wind, but coming near. A rushing of grass and leaf, perhaps even footsteps among them. I cannot explain why, but my soul was unsettled to hear that sound. I turned and faced the dark, this dark and stony place, a place that I had never seen before, yet seemed somewhat more familiar than this dream world behind me, and I decided then there was only one way to go. I would go on and see what this strange new place had to offer me.